0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your avodas Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha Themes, focusing on the Vilna We're in Parsha's Sisa, and it's a jam-packed Parsha. We're going to point out a couple of A'aras focusing on Chesed and a drop about uh, the story of the Egal, some lessons we can learn. So we have the Pasuk tells us in Parak Laman, Pasuk Edbez, Ki Rosh Yisrael, Vinasnu, and We're counting the Jewish people and everyone should give a donation. And the word Vinasnu is very interesting. There's some words like this in English also. It can be spelled forward and backwards. Same letters. Vinasnu. Spell it forward, you can spell it backwards. So the gro says, why is this? What's the Pshat? And the gro explains that when a person gives tzedakah, so there's a certain reciprocity in it in two ways. What are, what's the reciprocity? So the most famous part we know is that one who gives tzedakah, um, Chazal tell us that more than what the balabayas gives to the ani, or to the person in need, the person in need who's taking the recipient, does more for him. What does that mean? It means that when we have the opportunity to do chesed with someone, it's a tremendous achus for us, Break it's Shvirus amidos, and it's a big achus for our family as well, because it's a practical way that we show our family how to do g'malas chasadim to be from the Bnei B'nai B'nai of Avraham, who was one of the greatest balay chasadim of all times. And so, therefore, it looks like the nasnu you're giving, but really you're taking as well, you're taking the zechus. Chazal tell us that many people were only blessed with children once they opened up their house for tzedakah. So it's a segula to have children, specifically even sons. Um, We learn this from many places, but for example, uh, we find that Lavan, when he opened up his house to Yaakov, even though it wasn't very much pechesed, still he, he merited. We find this by the shunamis and other people as well, that they were blessed with having children by opening up their house to someone else. Rashi and Chumash brings that down partially. So, what we have here is one area of reciprocity that whatever you give, you're often taking back as well. But there's another one, says the Groth. The Gemara in Shabbos, Kufnan Aleph, and Be'ez says, Ravchia told his family, told his wife, that when a poor, Bar Hashem, we have money and we have a way to support ourselves. However, when a poor person comes to the house, this is what he said to her, very strong words, um, you should give money very quickly to him, give bread to him very quickly. So that when our children beg at his children's doorstep, they'll be generous and, and quick with us. So she asked, are you cursing us? Why are you saying that? Are you, you're, you're implying that now we have money, but there's going to be a time that in the future our descendants won't have money, and they'll be poor. How, how do you know what Hashem has in store? Is that a curse? So he said, no. Gilgal, who Shekhozer Ba'olam, the Gemara, explains that it is, certain, it is just a pattern. This is a reality of life. The Rebun creates some people that have money, some people don't, and it's something that is constantly fluctuating, we know so many families that have nothing, and then all of a sudden something changes in the family, and they now have money. And the opposite, Rahman Lutzlan, as well. And Sometimes there's families that have things, um, and they have many uh, you know, financial standings, but then they lose it all. And so it's just a reality. And so the has that second implication as well, that it's uh, it's spelled forward because sometimes you're going to be the giver, but it's also spelled backwards because sometimes you're going to be the receiver, receiver. And it's a pachad, we have to be very careful to be generous and kind. And like the Chovah says, that you're just a Shomer. You're watching the money that the Rebbe Hashanah gave, and, and it's not yours. It's yours, of course, the Rebbe Hashanah wants you to take care of your family, you know, in a respectable way. But our job and our responsibility and obligation is to care for other people in need as well. And so therefore, vinasnu hints to these two ideas that we get something back. Sometimes, like Hazal tell us, even more, like Yisro also was blessed with... Uh, sons after Moshe that he opened up his door to Moshe so on the one hand Moshe was beholden to him on the other hand he, Moshe did more for him he helped marry off his daughter and brought him grandchildren and, and ultimately helped him convert as well of course he had an influence on his father-in-law so it, it works both ways both people give, both people receive like Rav Dessler explains in the Kuntras HaChesed, that giving is not about necessarily giving something, and taking isn't necessarily about taking, but rather it's an attitude of, of generosity, of spirit, which is what it's all about. So that's one vart on giving. Here's another one from the Grah. So this is what we're talking about, the Machsa Shekel. Everyone has to give a half shekel. So the grob points out that it's not a very common thing for us to find that someone's giving a half shekel. The Rebbe asks for whole things. It doesn't ask for half things. So what's the shot? Many, many, of have explained different things. But the Gra says that if you look at the words machzitz, so you have the two letters that that start and end it, mem and taf, spell out "mace" death. And what comes in the middle is the word chai, life, and the, tz, and the tzadi for tzedakah. And so what tzedakah tzadzim is a scary phrase, but it's a reality that when a person gives tzedakah it, it saves us. And many different shatim have been said as to why this is, but obviously the rabbinic created this mitzvah that it has that power. As I explained, some of the rationale is because when a person pushes himself to give, it takes him serious nefesh. And that makes him... Um, Burn some of his Averis out, so to speak, and burn some of his selfishness. Like the Gros says, the purpose of life is to work on our mitos, work on our selfish tendencies, and when a person gives, he's working on his selfish tendencies. The very fascinating story, I saw was printed in the Rebetson Batsheva kanievsky book, I've also seen it in a few different places, different versions, exactly, but um, we know that um, Rebitson Kanievsky, of uh, blessed memory, was a tremendous supporter of her husband, Rebetson Kanievsky, he bought the Tovim's Torah learning, and she was an illustrious daughter of Rebel Yashiv. And Rebel Yashav, as all, was married to a wonderful woman named Shayna Chaya, and her maiden name was Levin. Levine, the famous uh, Arya Levine, was her father. So, um, when Shayna Chaya, uh, Al yashiv as she was known for most of her life, was a little baby girl, her mother, whose name was Sipora Chana, her mother, Sipora, uh, was a tremendous as chesed. Of course, her father, of Levine, was a tremendous bal chesed who took care of Yerushalayim, b- visited people in jail and sick people, and they they were just a tremendously generous and giving and wonderful home. And there was a time where, um, Tziporah was getting ready to go uh, on a quick shopping spree to pick up food for the family, and she left her kids watching the younger ones, and um a poor man came to the door and kind of caught them on the way out and said, can I please have a drink? And she, Robert Sipora Khanna, was a very generous and caring person. She had responsibilities, and uh, at that point, she assessed the situation that it wasn't an emergency to stop, and she just said, I'm running out right now, but I'll be back shortly. Come back, and I'll give you what you need. And the man started begging her, no, you have to stop right now. So I need a drink. As soon as she realized that this man was begging, she immediately stopped and realized that it was a desperate situation. He needed a drink. Well, meanwhile, pause the story. What had been going on in the background is that in the olden days, uh, people had different types of storage rooms and different types of methods for giving baths. So for whatever reason, there was a, um, a bucket filled with water that was being prepared for a bath or something along those lines. And for whatever reason, the children who were supposed to be watching little baby Shayna Chaya, she was a little baby, uh, had stopped watching her. They got involved with the game and they were distracted. And she had actually fallen into the bath out of curiosity and was now drowning inside the bathtub. Um, And at that moment that Tsiporohana came back into the kitchen, uh, she immediately grabbed the baby out and resuscitated her and saved her life. Um, Well, of course, being a generous, kind person she was, as soon as she realized that her daughter was okay, she immediately got a drink and ran to the front to bring the man a, a drink, but he had disappeared. He wasn't there. She looked everywhere, up and down the street, nothing. He was gone. And when Ratsvi Pesel Frank, who was Rari Levine's brother-in-law, when Frank heard the story, he said that he imagines that this person who came to the door was Eliyawa Anavi, and that perhaps, and that it was because of her chesed that her daughter's life was saved by this man, by this man coming there and begging for a drink immediately. And he also said about his niece, Shana Chaya, that she is destined for greatness and greatness she certainly achieved. She married Rav Eliyashiv, the Gedoli Dar, and she produced a beautiful family of tremendous Tzadikim and And, of course, she mothered um, Bracha Batsheva, Kanievsky, who married Rav Khan Kanievsky and helped bring out his Torah into the world. So what a beautiful story. This is how Tzedakah saves a person. Tzedakah saves a person. Now, of course, you might hear a story and say, okay, that's a nice story, that's great, but it doesn't always happen in people's lives. And we don't always see it like that. And, of course, that's true. This is a extreme story. But Chazal tells us that tzedakah saves us. And we don't know how many merits tzedakah could have. Like, Gemara and Shabbos tells us that Rakiva's daughter was getting married and she was destined to die on her wedding day. And Rikiva wanted to fight this Gezerah. And so they were giving tzedakah to all different types of people. And in the middle of the wedding, Rakiva davened his whole life. He had heard this prophecy, so to speak. And it's a whole discussion of Mepharshim and why he even believed it. But someone the Chosei Chavim astrologers had warned him that his daughter was destined to die on her on her wedding day. And so, of course, a person takes precautions when he hears scary things like that. And the precaution he took was tzedakah. And at one point during the wedding, a poor man came over to her and asked her for money. And people said to her, oh, she's a college, Just don't leave her alone. Don't bother her. And she ran to go get him food or money of some sort. And while she was doing that, she took out a um, hairpin that was in her hair to so that she would deal with it later, and she stuck it into the wall. And she ran, and she got him food, and he was very, very thankful. Well, they found out later that there was a snake there whose fangs were poised and ready to bite her, and she killed the snake by sticking that pin into the wall. So she, in essence, her, her tzedakah, her kindness, saved her own life. And Chazal us so us this is what tzedakah does. I was at the Leviah of Rav Chaim Chrysworth many, many years ago, around 2005 or six in Eretz Yisrael, and they said a famous story about him that he was diagnosed with cancer. Rahman al-Azlan. he was the dyan of Antwerp and lived in Eretz as well. A tremendous goy, new shas, yerushalmi, balpeh. They said the only difference is that Bobli he knew with Rashi, Antosis, yerushalmi he he just he knew the text. I don't know only the text, but um, so he went to the stipler and told the stipler that the doctors don't give me very much long you know time to live. And the stipler took out a sitter. And said to him that we talk about eladvarm Shalam shir, and we say this Mishnah in, in Peah every morning. And it says in in that text that biker cholim, um, person visits the sick; achnasas kala, one who helps marry off brides; and leviasa Mace, one who escorts the dead. Those are tremendous mitzvahs. So he asked, "It's a very odd thing. It's out of order because really the Mishnah was met, so you can memorize it. That's how it was written. So it should have logically put." you visit sick people and sometimes they die and when sick people die then you have so why does it interrupt it and put this mitzvah of um, right in between the two and so the said you see Chazalar being such an important thing that tzedakah person does kindness that could save him from death that what, what prevents and interrupts from going from a person being sick to getting to a point uh, of God forbid passing away the the tzedakah and the chesed, so go be Oseg and Ahanas' kala. And Irv Kreiser left very inspired, told his wife, told his family, and collected thousands of dollars and married off hundreds of khalas and lived another 18 years. So he certainly did interrupt between the two, and I heard this in my own ears. Multiple people said the story over, and it's a very, very well-known story. That's what the stipler told him, and that's exactly what he did. He changed one direction and focus on his life and became a tremendous ball chesed in that way not that he wasn't until then but this was a big focus on him as well and we have the gemara in rosh hashanah Dafir chesed, that tells us the same thing that base eli was cursed that they would die yak. and if they the more torah they learned that saved them the more um, chesed they did that also saved them and gave them even longer to live and there's another source that says tefillah so we see that torah learning and the Chesed, a person does it's tzedakah, kindness towards others, and tzedakah is Chesed was with your body and your money as well, and giving food and giving listening ear, and there's no limit to what kind of Chesed we could do, and Tefillah could save a person, extend a person's life. What a, how, how we don't even know how much of an impact those efforts could have on us, and going back, very interestingly, the Grut always focuses on uh, the Trup. So on the Pasuk Vinasnu Ishkofer nafsho, the trup on that on those words that we talked about earlier is Kadma Ba'azla, get up and go. And again, it's hinting that a person should run to do chesed, run to do chesed because like we said, Vinasnu, that what you give him as charity, you're really giving yourself as well and run because um, it go run to give him because you want him to run and give your descendants just that that recognition, that understanding. Moving on to Paraglamid, Pasik Tesva, Usher Lo Yarba Dalo Yamid, everyone has to give. And the trup on Ha Lo Yarba, the Grub points out, is Munach Revii. That's the way we read it, with a Munach Revii. What do those words mean? Munach Revi'i? So remember, this Pasik is talking about giving tzedakah. And so it says it's it's saying that the Usher is not allowed to give too much charity. Don't, don't give more than the machzah shekel, but it's sort of hinting that, it, that a person shouldn't give too much. What does that mean? The Suba says, dafnun that as long as a person is healthy and planning to live, he shouldn't give out more than a fifth of his uh, wealth, because then he's going to need other people as well, as a halacha, not giving away more than a fifth. And so that's what this Pasik is saying. Usher lo yarbe, there's a hint. Of course, there's a simple reading, but there's also a hint The usher the Rich person should not give more than munach revi. He should stay put on a quarter, on a fourth, and not give a fifth of his of his wealth away. And that's what the grah sees hinted to. Moving on to parak lamed pasuk lamed dalad, the Psukim tell us about the katoris, and the katoris. Um, it's very interesting. They had eleven um, spices in them, but that chazal tell us the Pasik itself only lists four, and the grud doesn't explain why only those four, but it needs to be explained. But nonetheless, there's something very fascinating, and that is that um, when you go through a list of those four, something fascinating comes out, and that is that the four actually spell out a word. And what is that word? Well, the Gemara Baruchas says that now that the Beis is not around, the Mizbeach, um, when the Beis was around, the Mizbeach was Mechapar and Kalat Yisrael. And that could be referring to the Mizbeach of the Kitaris, the Kitaris that were brought were a big kapara that smelled... The entire Eretz Yisrael was fragrant from it. It reminded people to do tshuva, inspire them to do tshuva. And now the, the a person's table is mechaper. And again, the tzedakah that you do is mechaper. And so the f- the four ingredients spell out, and if you listen to them, you'll figure it out yourself. Shecheles is one ingredient, so the Pasuk says. Lavona is another. Chalbana is a third. And, and a tough, or not tough is a fourth. And that spells shulchan. So your table takes the place of this. And Rabbeinu Bachaya actually says in Karakamach, a very fascinating thing, that in Spain, some of the Balaitzdake had a minag that went back um, for many, many generations. That uh, when they were when they passed away, their dining room table where they ate and gave so much kindness and charity and, and kindness towards others, that was used as their arm That was used as the biggest for their coffin, because that was the that they wanted to bring with them. And uh, so this is certainly uh, some of the ramazim for that. Um, that a person, um, their kindness is what is what we take with us. That's, that's what life is all about. Uh, moving on to Paraklam Be'ez, Zion. So talking about the eagle, Moshe is sent down from Harsinai. Lech raid, go down. Kishiches Amcha, or at least Your nation has um, destroyed and done this horrible thing. And Chazal tell us that the word raid, rage, dalid go down, is also a remis what they did wrong, because we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem, God is one. That's a dallid. But they changed it to Hashem Acher, is someone else. El Acher. You're you're bowing to a another god, a false god. And so Raid means that that's the mistake they made. They switched the reish, and they substituted it uh, instead of the Dala that should be there. And so that's why Rashi brings down a Chazal say Lech Raid. Raid You're being demoted as well because of what the Jewish people did. And says the Gra. And this is brought down in a few others form as well. But it says the Grah, there's a famous Mishnah in Baba Kama that says, akafsum, irosh, If you have a dog and a goat that jump off of a uh, roof, um, so and they broke something, they have to pay. So the Grah says, this is a remes that the the dot, if you look at the, what's the difference between the letter Resh and letter Dalet, it's just a little dot at the end. So the, the Koach HaRa, the klipos took away the dot from the Dalet, and they changed the Echad of Hashem into acher. And that's what it means, they broke. So, mishalim, they, they're going to pay for that because the kochas hara should never be given shlita, um over the world. Parak Lama Pasach is a very fascinating uh, vart from the Gra that always answered something that bothered me. Um, it says, 3,000 men died from serving the eagle. So, this is a this was a minority of Jews and we'll talk about exactly what type of minority and we know it was also the of Rav according to most madrashim. So, um, but there's, there's a Pasuk in Mishle, which is very hard to understand. The, I'm sorry, in Kohelis. Kohelis, Perikzai, and Pasuk Chaf-Xes. Um, Ches. Shalom el says, Adam echad Matsasi, I found only one man in a thousand who is, so to speak, worthy, seemingly. But I didn't find one woman in all these that was worthy. And some of the B'farshim say that he was referring to his own wives, because he had a thousand wives, so he was just saying that he didn't find one that was worthy. But what does that mean? Because he certainly did have worthy wives. So um, some of them, I and mean, we understand that out of his, um, you know, concubines and, and actual wives, some of them were from other countries, and Chazal say they served the Batezara. But certainly he had uh, many um, good ones as well. So the Grosh says that and he bases this on Chazal to read the passage differently. It's talking about the ego, that Isha, that Adam echad me elif The three th- out of the three thousand people that died, that was only one thousandth of a Jewish people. So only one in a thousand men. Served the Egal. And that's what it means. Adam echad me I found one in a thousand that did actually sin. But v'isha, a sinful woman, b'chol And all the people that served Eila, Eila alo Yisrael. It's referring to the Egal. This is your God, Israel. A, a, a woman in, in this sin, lo matzasi, I didn't find a single woman that sinned. So in fact, he's actually praising the woman. And if there's any doubt about Shlomo's idea of what he's trying to express about women, look at the last parak in mishlei parak l'amad where he talks about the Eishas and has many beautiful things to say about women um, celebrating their greatness and contribution to Kal Yisrael. Perik Lamid Gimel, Pasuk Chaf. So, um, Hashem says, you cannot look at my face, you cannot see me, because a person cannot see me and live. So the Gra brings down that there's something very interesting about this Pasuk, um, that it's said in first person and then second person, meaning, Moshe, Hashem says directly to Moshe, you cannot see my face, so it's said in first person, because a man cannot see god and live. So the pasuk starts saying hashem says to him you you moshe can't see my face. So he's talking directly to moshe. But then he hashem stops talking directly to moshe and says because man cannot see me and live. <clears throat> so it's now second person. There's a distance. What's what happened? So it brings down a famous rashba. The grass says a rashba is in chaim sachuv's Nun Simon is fascinating thing. He says why every brukhah we make is is an anomaly. We take it we eat an apple uh, we eat <coughs> a piece of bread he says it starts off barata we're talking to Hashem directly blessed or you are a source of blessing Hashem I'm talking to you and then that he sanctified us it becomes distant we start off so close and then he we're talking about him why aren't we talking to God directly anymore so says the Rashba, it's to teach us an important lesson. That yes, we work on our relationship with Hashem and we want closeness to Hashem and we do have a personal relationship with Him. But ultimately, we also realize that He is beyond us and He is so much greater than us and so unfathomable to us that there is a distance as well and we, and we acknowledge that. And so that's the Pshat, says the Gra in this Pasek. The first Moshe says, I want closeness to you and Hashem says, okay, fine, by Yomer, I'll talk to you Moshe, I'm talking to you directly. You can't see my face that way. So even in the closeness, there's also a distance. You can't see my face. And then the ultimate reality, that I am distant from you, and a person cannot be close to me, in in the, in the sense of humans are not capable of getting unlimitedly close to God. So that's a shot. And says so as the grow, we also find this, Baruch HaMakom Baruch It's the same thing. First we say, Baruch Praises Hashem who's everywhere. That he's even here. He's with me. But Baruch praise Praises he. We don't know where he is. He's, he's so far away from us. And this is one of the biggest challenges in life, to have that closeness to Hashem, but also understand that he's um, infinitely greater than us. And and in, in some ways, um, we don't understand Hashem's uh, wisdom. <speaking in Hebrew> and that plus it gets personal. My thoughts are not like yours. But there's also the distance in itself, because again, the, the the dichotomy of closeness and direct speech, but then distance at the same time. Finally, the last idea: Paraklamadalad, pasaglamagimel, Khal Moshe midaber itam. Moshe saw was told by the Jews they couldn't handle talking to him, so he got a mask. pun of got a mask. It says the Gruss something very fascinating that needs to be extrapolated, and I'll share one idea, but it leaves a lot more for you as well. And I look forward to hearing from you, actually. If you have any ideas, the Masvet represents the Avos. Why? Says the Gra, because each of the letters has a gematria and has a significance. The Mem is Ya is Yitzchak. The Samach Vav is Yaakov, and the Hey is Avraham. Don't worry, I'll explain it. The gro explains it. The Mem is is Yitzchak because we find when he like when our Baal when he got married he was forty years old so that's Yitzchak. The Samach Vav the 66 is Yaakov, because it says that all the souls that came down with Yaakov to Mitzrayim were 66. We know Yosef and his two sons were there, and according to Rashi, um, uh, Yo- uh, Yocheved was born between the Chomos, and that was the other four people that were missing. But there were 66. And the Hey is Avraham, who got his new name from Avram, it turned into Avraham, and he got a Hey. That's a shot. And that's what he put on his face, and there's a chus of those three of us. So, this needs to be explained the depth here, and obviously there's there's a tremendous amount here, but one thing I'll say is that at the end of Parsha Shamos, Moshe is sad that he fulfilled Hashem's decree. He went to talk to Paro, and then Paro said, avoda. they're they're complaining about being free, Nirpahim. they're lazy, make it worse. And so Moshe was upset. Lama he says, why did you do this to us, Hashem? Why did you do this to your servant? It hurts me that, that, that I. it seems like I went to Paro and it, I made it worse. So <clears throat> Parsha's V'era starts off, and and that, and Rashi says the Abus never questioned me, but you questioned me, and so that's the shot that perhaps Moshe was being showed by Hashem that look, we don't I don't know that necessarily that we find that Moshe was punished for saying, um But and there's so much to talk about in that just in that idea because how many times do we say that Hashem, Why are you doing this to me? But it was with love and understanding and a, a, and a deep desire to understand. And Hashem said back, you don't understand. I have a cheshman. Everything what I'm doing, every pain, every suffering is with a cheshman. And so Moshe was told by Hashem, he was put in his place, and he was and he was told that, look, the Avos, they didn't question me. They they didn't understand me, and they yet they accepted. It. And I appeared to them, and they never held me accountable and said, oh, Hashem, I don't understand you. This doesn't make sense. You're, you're, Why did you do this to me? The Avos, chaval, chaval that they're not here anymore, because their life was an example. And Nira Lee, I, and I don't have a proof for this, but I, I, it feels like an interesting ha'ara that perhaps needs to be developed better. But I believe that at this point, Moshe was sort of machaper for it, or to a certain degree, achieved it. Because what's a mask? A mask is an understanding of there's really something behind that person. We, we hide ourselves. On Purim, we use masks. Why? Because we're showing that Hashem is really hidden. On the outside, it looks a certain way. But really, it's the Rebun The Rebun is the one who's behind it. People say that this masveh is actually a remus to Purim. Because it's really the ani who It's Hashem the whole time, and everything was Hashem the whole time, trying to get the Jews to repent and to recognize what they did wrong. And so Moshe took the koach of the Avos to trust Hashem, and behind that mask, and to say, yes, there's a mask, the, the olam, this world, is a place of nelam, it's a place of hiddenness, but I'm going to bring out Hashem and show Hashem and in, in the world. And that's that's what's going on over here in, in my understanding of this, that now Moshe was able to show that with this mask, I recognize that there's a Rebun HaShem there, and all and the Jews saw that that from his face shone the the beauty, and so too the Jews understood that the Rebun HaShem sometimes wears a mask, Kabiachl, He's hidden from us. We, he feels so distant. Remember, what's the, the, the Tehillim? I believe it's Kabbalah Chafal of the Gemara Darshans. Matzei ha'yalis <coughs> ha'sha'char is Esther. And what does she say? Eili, Eili, Tani, Hashem, why did you forsake me? She says it herself. But that's the recognition that the Rebun Shalom is there. The Rebun Shalom is listening. And the Rebun Shalom is hiding behind a mask. And he will come out and help us and that's like Rashi says that love to recognize that Hashem was always there always staring out from the cracks looking at us And we should be Zocha that in all the Hester Panim we have in our own lives that we should know that there's a Rebun Shalom behind the mask and there's a Rebun Shalom guiding everything and we should be Zokha to see his light and see his salvation thanks for joining us for more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode don't forget to subscribe and visit us at parshathemes.com